Hey guys, I hope you're loving the Making Bank episodes. Please make sure you guys like and share these episodes as well as comment below for the guests. They love to come back and interact with you. And I really appreciate you watching and listening to Making Bank. So thank you. You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Excited for today's guest, Dennis Hughes, Nicholas Kuzmich, Dr. Crisenio, Mike Koenigs, John Lee Dumas, Yannick Silver, Gene Hammett. What would you say one of your other big learning um, ahas that came from that time frame? Things take a lot longer than you think. I remember when we first built the American Airlines website and launched it in 1997. We spent $3 million lining up advertising, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, like, you know, front page ad saying, hey, the launch of AA.com, come and book tickets and this kind of thing, right? A whole new experience. And the day it launched, the website wasn't ready. And all that media that we'd lined up was thrown away. And all these people were trying to hit the website. It was a disaster. And guess whose fault it was, right? Now, of course, it was my fault. But then I could blame the other people that I'd hired to integrate the website and make sure the shopping carts were – I mean 20 years ago, selling airline tickets on the internet was like a really big deal. All the systems you had – like you didn't have PHP and MySQL and all these kinds of things. You didn't have you know, packaged software or you know, a Shopify. Like you didn't have anything like that, right? There was heavy connections between different databases and our booking system, right? And I could have blamed them. But it was my fault because I thought, man, you know, we've got six months until the launch. It should be easy to do. I've mapped this thing out. I put in a 20% contingency in terms of how much time it would take. And I got called up to the big boss's office after this gigantic failure. And the PR people tried to save me by saying, oh, well, we had so much traffic. We couldn't even handle it. Brought the servers down. Like, no, it's because it didn't work. (laughs) It wasn't there. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought, man, you're going to fire me, aren't you? He's like, nope, son. We just made a multi-million dollar investment in you, and we expect to turn that around and make it profitable. And time and time again, I have been impatient, and it's taken me 20 years to get to this point. And it's not because I'm slow. It's because you know as an entrepreneur, you hear all these other stories. Like entrepreneurs love to hang out with other entrepreneurs and tell lies to each other about how successful they are. When really you see it all the time on Facebook. Payroll. Yeah. yeah, there's all <laughs> kinds of problems, right? Things take longer than you think. And you know, things like Dunn and Kruger take effect. And there's other things like in the short run, you overestimate what's possible. And in the long run, you underestimate what's possible, like Tony Robbins likes to say. And I've looked at every opportunity Like you should do this too. Think about every business opportunity where you felt a sense of urgency. Like you had to act right away. The window's going to close. Like there are going to be these other competitors. So you better hurry up and like get your thing out first and see, did, did you really need to get it out that soon? Right. I thought 20 years ago that the market for local advertising, that's like people in the yellow pages, restaurants, plumbers, attorneys, veterinarians, nail, you know, salons, massage therapists, like all the different kinds of like local, like thousands of businesses, but only differing by city, right? There's like the same one in every city. I thought back in like 95, this is over 20 years ago, that all these guys were going to jump on the internet, build their websites, start doing e-commerce, get their email systems, like all these digital things, social media. I thought they'd get all that stuff going. 
and we're in 2018 and the majority of Main Street media, they don't really have any of that stuff. And when I was at Yahoo, I thought, man, we better like hurry up and do Yahoo local because we're competing against Google and all these other folks. And it turns out that technology can move very quickly. So we don't want to mistake those cycles of how fast tech works. Well, that's like Google's fundamental mistake. They think everyone is sophisticated and, you know, PhD in engineering from Carnegie Mellon. And people change a lot slower. And so like, oh, self-driving cars, are people going to, you know, they're going to drive their car down the street and the QR code is going to pop up with a recommendation on what they should eat for dinner as they're going by. Like, I've heard that lie for 20 years. It still doesn't exist. And if you're an entrepreneur and you realize you actually have more time, that it's better to do it right than it is to try to do it fast. I've learned that mistake so many times over where I've rushed to get a crap because people are like, yeah, just launch and fail fast. And I, yeah, that's painful. That's expensive. You, when you fail enough times, you get discouraged. This week, we lost two people on our team, right? We lost two good people because they just couldn't deal with their failing on projects because they wanted to get rich with it. Like one of them wanted to be our CEO, having no digital marketing experience, wants to be our CEO within six months. And, you know, another one wants to run the company with only two months of experience. Like that's, that's not never managed a team before. We have a few hundred people to manage a software development team, to manage big enterprise relationships, to manage the publishing of content that we produce across different places, to negotiate deals. I mean, there's there's a lot of complex stuff that we're doing, right? There's no way a young adult is going to be able to manage things like that. Now, I think back to me as when I was like 19 or 20, and I thought I was invincible and I could conquer the world. And maybe, maybe it's the old guy me talking now, or it's like back in my day, we used to use covered wagons, but you know, the, you know, even Gary Vaynerchuk will say, say stuff about, you know, having more patience. I think that's really key because it'll, it'll reduce the number of mistakes you make. This whole like hustling and, oh, I only slept three hours last night. I can be pretty sure you're making lots of mistakes today because you only slept three hours last night. Right. I mean, sometimes it happens, but it's not, it's not a daily thing, you know? I was having a conversation with Jordan Harbinger, a uh, mm. podcast art of charm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he's got this, he's one of the grandfathers of podcasting. Sure. He's been doing it a long time. He's got, I don't know how many millions of downloads a month. And the question he gets asked all the time is, Jordan, how do I start a podcast, for example? And Jordan says, you're out of your mind to try and start a podcast now. <laughs> he goes, if I had to start today, right. I'd be a goner. Yeah, but it's the fact that I started when I did, and I got good at it. Now I'm one of the leaders. Right. And so the whole point of that, I think, is like, people shouldn't make decisions to do something just because it's trending. They should yeah. make a decision to do something because it's good for them. They love it. It's right for them. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going to jump two feet into this. Sure. So yeah, the case in point is there's a lot of things that are cool. There's a lot of things that are trending. And if they work for you and they're good for your lifestyle and they work with your business, then explore it and master it and get good at it and right. practice it. But like Gary Vee says, I mean, you can either double down on your strengths <laughs> or you can figure out how to improve your weaknesses. Right. And I think the better investment is to double down on your strengths rather than kind of bring up your weaknesses. Cool. Awesome, yeah. man. Uh, I think we just have a few minutes left. Yeah. What, uh, any kind of last insights, words of advice, success strategies you want to share before we got to wrap up? You know what? I think the biggest thing, and this is just, you know, we're talking entrepreneurs. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, the biggest thing I, I realize, and, and you know, we're, you know, you highlight the one percenters, if you will. I think the biggest thing we just have to realize is don't get distracted. And it's right in, in line with what we're talking about here. Don't get distracted by the shiny objects. 
as an entrepreneur, there's so many things that are happening. There's so many things we can consider. Hey, did you try this? Did you try that? Look at this. This is going on. And before we ever even finish the one thing, we move on to the other thing. Right. Uh, Carl White calls that uh, broken bridges. And the idea is you're over here, you want to get over here, so you start building a bridge, and let's call that bridge Facebook ads. Right. And then as you're building it, and before you master it, you're like, oh, YouTube ads. <laughs> so they fall off, they come over here, they start all over again, and although we're busy, right. we're never making any progress. Yeah. We never finish a bridge. Right. And then we look back, and it's just a bunch of broken bridges. Right. So I think for any entrepreneur, I think the biggest key is like, look, find, find your strengths, find what you're good at, find your unique ability, double down on that, and then pick a medium, sure. whether that's an advertising or, or whatever, hiring, whatever you need to focus on right now, right. dedicate to it, see it all the way through to the end, and then build your next bridge. I mean, I think if you just do that, yeah. you'll make more progress in six months than you will in six years. For sure. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. You know, just as you started out, you started out, you know, you changed your health and, you know, your life. Then you started as a chiropractor and, you know, everybody started in that same place. You know, now you where you are today, you know, through the different changes you've made, the different uh, challenges that you've come across and, you know, um, and it's got you into the position you are today. Yeah. And it was, you know, you reminded me when you were talking about, you know, the, the Krav Maga and stuff and everybody, you're right. Like we all we all start the same thing. So, you know, we, we admire people that are just a couple months or years ahead of us. Right. Like so we see someone like, wow, man, man, that's awesome. I appreciate what they're doing. Man, I wish I was there. It's like but they're just. There may be a, a couple of years ahead. It's like, but you're right. You got to get on, you got to get on the escalator. <laughs> you got to get like, it's going to take that time. And, and one of the concepts of like what I call my hero secret sauce is my stepdad, Stan, he died at 88 and he went through like World War II. You know, he was uh, a Russian Jew. So he was, you know, my mind was persecuted. And I mean, he really seemed crap his whole life, but he was a speaker. He spoke till he was 88 all around the world, just very good speaker. And I said, listen, you know, when you're 88, I'm like, Stan, okay, through your whole life, what is the greatest thing of wisdom you could give me? You know, because we're talking wisdom and experience. And he said, the toughest thing in life is to make a decision. I was like, wow. I go that he's right. Because we're so worried we're going to make the wrong decision. And so one thing I live by is when you make a decision, that's not good enough. When you make a decision to choose to take a path or to get a course or to join, you know, get a coach or to, to go on a process, you know, paying money, that's just good intention. Like if I pay you, Josh, like nothing magical happens. That's, I'm, that's just good intention. So when you make a decision, there's going to be exchange of, of, of commodity, time and money. But it's taking it one step further and going that, listen, I know what those people do work. I know that system works. I've seen the results of it. But now when you choose to do it or pay to do it, then you tell yourself, now I make a decision to choose to make this process work for me no matter what. And what you're saying there, when you choose to make the process work no matter what, that means, Josh, that when you're going to that first or two, second, third week and you're clumsy and you're like, this sucks. I hate it. I'm sore. It's like you don't bail. You're like, no, I, I already made the decision. There's no exit strategy. I made the decision that I'm going to make it work. So when you make that decision, when times get tough where you got a course correct, you don't quit. Because if I'm just trying something out, I got a foot out the door. So when things get a little tough, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't work for me. You know how many people say, oh, I tried it. It just didn't work for me. I'm like, no, you had a way out. I go, but when Josh, you're like, listen, now I understand 
That guy started where I'm at. So everything I'm feeling now, the discomfort, the clumsiness, I, I'm not saying you're clumsy, but no, you know no, that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's part of the journey, but listen, if I stick to this and make the decision, I'm going to be just like that guy, maybe better. And that's, that's the thing because we, we, so we embrace the, the discomfort, the uncertainty, the soreness, because it's all part of the process of eventually what I want to become. So as an op- entrepreneur, it's like, I'm not just going to try this or make the decision. I'm making the decision, but I'm also making the decision to make it work no matter what. Right. Tell me uh, one last either success principle idea that you want to share, you know, with our Making Basic audience to help them, you know, elevate. Yeah. Instead of being a perfectionist, you know, a perfectionist, you know, all that is is someone hiding behind the excuse not to get stuff done. My, uh, what I termed, I had a term called a potentialist. Now, a potentialist is this. The only thing you have to worry about and ask yourself is a potentialist, all they have to worry about is doing the best they can with what they got in the moment they have it. That's all you could ask for on a day-to-day basis. So if 80% is the best I got today and I give my 80%, that was 100% today. So don't be a perfectionist, just be a potentialist. Awesome. Now I want to really dive into more tactical, more things that we can take and our audience can take and implement today. And so kind of catch us up and really what's been going on. Sure. Well, I think since I spoke with you last... um, A little over a year ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Written a couple more books and really got our escalation path down in a way that has been transformational. So I always like to tell transformational stories because that's what matters most. Sure. And the transformational story will answer a lot of questions. So okay. it's sort of like this is the fastest way to compress it. So what we've noticed with many of our customers is they'd go through our traditional funnel. They usually find out about me either through a Facebook ad, click and watch a webinar, sure. or get one of my books and then get into the funnel. Or if they see me speaking, let's say right. it's around there. And of course, usually you attract uh, people who want to be you when they grow up. Right. Some variation right. of that theme. And so being congruent with that message and being authentic with it is is uh, a huge tactical immediate thing. But here's what changed a lot. I started using a phrase that resonates with a lot of people, which is stop stepping in how pies <laughs> and figure out where the who buffet is. And uh, because people get stuck in the how all sure. the time. And, oh, yeah. and the more you spend in tactical mode, right. the more you procrastinate, especially if you don't have a system that consistently produces predictable results. results right. okay? So <laughs> what we noticed is a lot of our people entered in through two ways, either uh, wanting to be or get, become an influencer. Okay, okay? sure. Which really is the power pathway to power. Right. Or they want to learn how to influence, persuade, and close more deals. Sure. Now, they want both, but it's one or the other a little bit higher than the other. Ah. So our entry point is either our product, it's our publish and profit product, how to okay. become a bestseller, or our consultant profit, which is how to persuade, influence, and close bigger deals. Sure. Right? Okay. And from there, the people who made the most money got the most results. And I'll get into the how we do that in a moment, but okay. it'll at least yeah. tell the story, is... Most people start and they write a book, they start speaking, um, and speaking meaning doing their own Facebook Lives, or they literally just start doing little events sure. to get going, because when, you, when you've got the authority status of a book that you're seen as a celebrity, right. when you speak, people will pay more money for whatever it is you have. They see sure. you. It's an alpha re- reaction or response. Right. 
It's as simple as that, okay? And we're attracted to safe, you know, essentially safety, sex, or abundance, food abundance. And seeing a leader or an alpha represents that. So if I follow that person, then I'm more likely to get paid, get laid, live right. forever. Some variation of that theme. <laughs> and then uh, that sounds crass, I know, but it's 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 how I remember the three primary business categories. Right. You know, it's either money, <laughs> relationships, or uh, health. Health. Yeah. Um, so from there, uh, what ends up happening is they eventually run out of time to sell. And then they move on to uh, productizing themselves, okay. automating their marketing. And from there, they learn how amplifying their message with media, starting mm. their own podcast, sure. or getting in TV, radio, et cetera, et cetera, right. helps them. And, okay. But you've got to learn how to tell great stories. So getting back to the stories. So sure. a couple of key things that happened. We had this one client. Her name's Mari Carmen Pizarro. She worked for a while for drug industries okay. and she'd coach executives as they transition from being a VP to a C level. Mm. Okay? okay. And typically what happens in that world is VPs when they move on, uh, sometimes walk in like big elephants, they break the business, <laughs> which means people leave. Right. And now you've got an HR issue, you got a human resources plus a training issue, plus the value of the brand can decrease to the tune of, you know, hundreds of sure. millions of dollars potentially. So she trains the transitions, but she had reached a point in her career where she wasn't making the money she wanted to. Really, she just wasn't happy. Right. And I asked her a question. I and she, I asked her like how much are you charging for what you do right now? She goes about $80,000. And I said, "If you got paid 100,000, would you be inspired? She's like, hmm, eh. I said, how about if you got $160,000? And her eyes were like, she goes, yeah, I would do that. Right. And and so <laughs> we gave her some language patterns on right. how to position herself more effectively, how to charge more money. Mm -hmm. And the next time we did a coaching call with her, she said, uh, we asked, so what's going on? She goes, I just closed a deal for $425,000. Wow. I asked for a half a million dollars and they said all we have in our budget is 425,000 bucks. <laughs> I'm like, well that's a good yeah, that's a good deal, right? <laughs> a little but bit it just had to do with you know, she had done, you know, written the book and speaking so she had done the escalation sure. for herself. But here's where this story gets better is she got a call it's like 40 days later okay. from another department in the same company and they asked if they could get the same deal. <laughs> So she, and then she wow. ended up closing like a quarter million dollar deal. So she had better than a million dollar year, where before she was kind of struggling, scrambling in sure. the 80K range. So here's the point is, we started noticing a significant pattern of behavior in our clients and customers. And what we wound up doing is by paying attention to what was happening that was producing the biggest results. Okay that we could tell the best stories, Sure. we started attracting a higher quality, higher end customer mm. who implemented, got more results, and they're willing to spend a lot more money on what we do. Right. So, uh, and we just noticed this pattern of behavior. So that, that took me longer than I expected it, but the, the net net <laughs> was, um, that really changed the way we're approaching our business now, and we've learned that more isn't better, mm. and right. selling bigger, to better is always the best path. And sure. the more we teach that, the more we do it ourselves, the happier we are as well. Okay. Uh, so maybe some people in the audience will be like, what's he talking about? How do you build a funnel? <laughs> Can you tell me? <laughs> so what would be the first couple things you'd say, okay, cool. Here's what you need to go do. Here's what, you know, 
here's the second thing and, and, and kind of the process that you went through that worked. You gotta stand for something. Like you've gotta be an authority, you've gotta be an influencer. I mean, that's one reason why your wife's had so much success with what she's done is because right. she stands for something. She's known for something. Like she is, you know, that peop uh, that person that people know, like, and trust and admire. Sure. You know, so the really top part of that funnel as you kind of go down and go out is like you've gotta come up with the idea that you're passionate about, that you're okay. curious about, but that you also are adding value in, that you have skills that you've acquired over the years and how can you combine those two things so you're excited and passionate but you're also adding value and you have skills in it like that's your idea then right. you go down into like how do I niche how do I niche that into something that's unique like you know you're not your wife's not just doing you know food for everybody <laughs> it's like you know organic primal like all this stuff like and she's, then paleo all the way paleo, down to there yeah boom, skincare so yeah niching like down all the way into down. that so right. like now she's speaking to a very specific sector of right. audience and then you come up with an avatar like who's the perfect perfect person for this so you have thousands and thousands of clients but of all of them who's that perfect one like you can just identify that one perfect client what that allows you to do is every time you have a question about direction to take your business that person back to that. tells you you know it's not an individual you've created that right, avatar right but you just go like what would you know so and so want? <laughs> right. what would they do what would they need and boom that's your answer going off the races so you're building that down and then you start your content creation for them you know, via Facebook, you know, right. via podcasting, you know, Instagram. Like, what are what are the main ways that your that your wife um, grows her audience right now? A lot of it's through video content. So, so she started with the idea, the right. niche, got her avatar down, started creating video content. Sure. And she, but she couldn't do that until she got the other one to the rest of it. straight. Yeah. And then started building an audience through that. Started repurposing that content through other means. I'm sure. And right. then she continued to build that out. So now. She's engaging with that audience, you know, I'm sure in Facebook groups and online yep. and maybe in one-on-one -on -one conversations, asking them what they're struggling with. And now she's able to provide the solution for them sure. and flip it on its head. Now she has this whole host of people who have gone down this funnel, the funnel up, to actually get to that point who know, like, and trust her, who she's right. created the perfect solution for them and then bringing it down mm -hmm. to the bottom like that. Definitely. So for you know, a lot of people out there, what would you say your one biggest challenge creating your team is? Because I mean, we're always hiring, we're at 25 people, and we always just, you know, I mean, we always have challenges with stuff. And you know, what, what would you say your biggest challenge has been building that team out right now? Uh, firing too slow. I think that's mm. a lot of people have that problem. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, you yeah. know if the person is just not the right fit. <laughs> and this is, the pro this is the reality is you're not doing them any good either. Like, you're definitely not doing right. yourself good because they're not the right position for you and so you're sure. underperforming there and you're definitely not doing them any help either because they're underperforming and they potentially could go perform or overperform somewhere else, somewhere else. There's, yeah. you obviously saw something in them if you hired them right so there's hope for these people <laughs> but it's just not with you right and so what would you start doing now you you hire if you know you're cutting them yeah right away. you know <laughs> You, you can't, there's no such thing as a perfect hiring process right. because everybody puts their best foot forward. Everybody looks like a 10. Just like, you know, if I was to look at like your life on Instagram, I would be like, he's never had a bad day in his life. Right. And the same for you and me. It's just like, but you know, the reality is nobody's perfect. Once, you know, the interview is down and the hiring process is taking place and a couple months go by, you know. Find out the real deal. You yeah. know, and then make a decision. Yeah. Give us a quick, maybe a quick overview of what those principles are and kind of what Evolved Enterprise is all about. Yeah, I mean, to me, Evolved Enterprise is like literally the future of business. I mean, that, sure. That's, that's how big I think it is. Okay. And it's not just me saying this, it's, uh, 
you know, th th there's a seismic shift that's going on in business where, okay. where consumers are demanding businesses have something bigger than just their bottom line at stake. Mm. They, okay. want, they want companies that have a purpose, have a mission, that are doing something to help make a difference in the world in some way, and they're showing it by their by their buying power, by, you know, with what where they're taking out their wallets. Okay. And this is happening from the inside out too because uh, especially millennials, but everybody wants to right. work for a company that has a greater meaning and purpose behind what they're doing. And so you got the you know this inside out coming and the outside in. And so the Evolved Enterprise is really this framework of how do we create this incredible competitive advantage by making business this way to have a, a leverage to make a difference in the world. Sure. Gets your customers to want to buy more from you, gets your team members more aligned, and even like aligns you with your greater purpose yourself and makes you more money, makes you more bank, makes you more bank. <laughs> there we go. Cool. Well, so so for example, my wife owns a we own a pretty significant size yeah. skincare company. Focus. We have a team of twenty five people, and you know our whole mission is you know, being able to help people transform their from their health from the outside in, as well as you have the nutrition people from like Naveen Jane and all mm -hmm. that transferring from the gut out and right. you know, eliminating sickness from that angle, as well as you know creating and you know providing more sustainable products and you know and everything out there so people are not continuously using toxic stuff on their skin as well as the packaging that we utilize and everything yeah. else. So let's just say you know you start with a company, what's kind of the first thing you take a look at and say, okay, hey, here's what needs to happen first. Well believe it or not, I, I start with you, the person. Okay. Right? Like so so our model, the framework comes from evolving yourself first. And that's mm -hmm. never it's never okay. a done process. Right. It's a continual process. Sure. But I, I look at uh, almost like the nucleus of it is our it's like having these uh, these three interconnected circles, which I learned is called a Venn diagram. So these three interconnected <laughs> right. circles are, um, so if you think about a dollar sign, a happy face, and a heart. Okay. Super simple, right? That's cool. So, so how do you make more, give more, have more fun was our original kind of mm, thing. But now right. it's really turned into how do you grow yourself, grow your business, make a difference in the world, and have okay. some fun in the process. So that's the real core nucleus. Where you start from. Then the little outer part of that is you. So then it's okay. like looking at aligning your head so that's your business sense sure right like everything so a lot of times when we people start thinking about this evolved enterprise stuff they're like oh well you know maybe if i just have a better social mission then i don't have to have great marketing i don't right. have to have a great product you, that doesn't that's not the case like all those combine and they accelerate each other but but having these really turbocharged is what you're doing so you aligning your head okay. your heart which is the impact that you want to make in the world and then right. even your higher purpose okay so that gets a little that gets well, a little, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but so imagine if you had that alignment, and uh, like then things really, really start going in. So that you, that first piece is you, which is continuing to sort of dig into what is this evolution of you. So like getting deep into, you know, what am I really great at? What am I not good at? What's what's even my shadow side of stuff? Like what's my, yeah, you know, what was I meant to do here? Sure. And, you know, these big questions. And then from that, the next circle out is cause. And that's okay. the impact. So that's the mission. That's the, yeah, okay, that's our, you know, I've been taught and I love this idea of our mission is like our North Star. Right. So we're not going to get there, but this is our gui guiding force. So ours, okay. our companies is changing the way business is played. Okay. And so that's everything that we do is wrapped around that. So every cause that we support is entrepreneurial in nature. It's, it's all about, you know, again, changing the way business is played. So right. that cause. So if you look at, I don't know, let's say a company like, um, like well, I guess you know your wife's skincare, right? And like you know that everything sounds like it's it's about uh, personal transformation, right? Personal transformation, yeah. health, being a better you, yeah. and, and all so that. So that that's the the greater mission. And then the outside of that is 
the, the creation, which is the product or service itself. So sure. how do we bake in that impact? Okay. And we can talk about, I have 11 different impact models. Maybe we can oh, get wow. to. Cool. And then community, which is how do we get not just customers, but how do we turn them into like fans right. and zealots who want to be advocates for you? And then the culture, which is your, your you know, what you do your with the core values and the, and the bigger vision okay. and, and mission. Yeah. And so that's, that's the framework. Cool. Maybe one last thought, idea that you want to leave our audience with before we wrap up. Yeah. I mean, it's like the reason you got into business was to make a difference in some way. And, and you can truly you know, not have to say, okay, once I make my first million or 10 million or 50 million, then I can continue to, to, you know, to give back in some way. And I don't, I don't even like that word, give back, actually. <laughs> I have a rant about that in my, in my book, but because I, yeah. I think entrepreneurs, we don't give back, like that, that implies that we've taken something. Uh, but you can read that in there, or I probably have it somewhere else too, but it's, it's this whole idea that we provide value. And so like, you don't have to wait. Like that used to be the new, the old sure. model, which was, okay, I'm gonna make my fortune and then I'm gonna yeah, spend I'm gonna the rest of my life to go right. make a difference. Yeah. Now you can truly like combine it together and that's what's super exciting. And it accelerates your business, which is even more exciting. That, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's awesome. You know, you're doing everything, you're doing everything. How, like, how do you get out of that mindset then into that mindset of leading and aspiring, you know, your team? You know, it it really is just that mindset of becoming from an operator to a to a leader. And then there's another shift when you decide, I don't want just doers inside the business. I want other leaders. Right. I want someone I would imagine, you know, let's just take marketing, for example. If, we, if each business had a true leader inside this that said, you know what, we have an opportunity over here with your business to really gain some traction. Can I can I put something together and run with that? Maybe develop a a thousand dollar test, and most of the time you're going to go sure. What can you? I'd love to know what you're going to do. And it's like, well, let me test this first. And I'll come back to you with the data. Okay, you don't even have to think about it. You come back and go, hey, this worked like a champ, or it didn't work so good. But what I did discover is a new channel. Um, that kind of transition, the mindset to create leaders is necessary as you're growing, and then. You know, the real and I think you're even doing this with your your company is when you get to about 20 employees, you really start thinking about culture. Very intentional. My, the hyper growth companies I'm working with, very intentional about the culture that they're creating, which is about you, your team and the systems that it takes to get that done. If you get all three of those things right, you guys are going to meet every challenge, every market shift. You're going to create new demand you're going to navigate where you need to and it really does a, a provide growth to the business that, that lasts over time. Sure. And what would you say your two strategies or one strategy that may, you may have, you're like, hey guys, this, go start doing this right now and you're going to see X, Y, Z. This is for leadership that, that wants to have a fast growth company? Possibly. Uh, yeah, leadership for a fast growth company, maybe kind of move it from they're stuck kind of at that seven figure level. And what do we need to do and implement internally maybe to kind of move everything up? So I, I mentioned before that if you really understood that it's about you, the leader, it's about the team and the system. So if you got those three things right, you would probably want to um, you know, really look at those three aspects. Am I performing at the level at which I can? And it's really hard to do for yourself. That's the reason a coach would be really good conversation. You can ask your employees, but let's be honest, they're there to make you happy and they don't necessarily tell you the truth all the time. <laughs> 
uh, this is the way it is. And uh, so, you, you you know, a lot of people, you know, when I come into there, I'm just like, well, why do you why do we keep working together after three years? And they said, well, because you're the one in person I talked about things. I don't talk with my board and I don't talk about it with my employees. I don't talk about it at home. And I'm like, OK. So the second one is, like, where's the team performing right now? Are they able to take projects, identify the problems, identify solutions, create tests if that's necessary, and then come back to you with this is how it worked and or didn't work and keep moving forward? And are you empowering them to do that? Is the team activated in such a way that the business is growing beyond you? And then look at those systems. Look at the, the systems of, of growth are you providing an environment for that? Are you providing common practices that allow them to continuously improve? And if you get those three things right, your business will really be able to hit whatever goals you want to because you're obtaining the right talent. You're obtaining people and give, empowering them to, to, to lead. And they're growing inside this, not just, you know, getting more money, but they're growing in their mind and they're growing in their capability and their value. And they're going to, they're going to really run through walls for you as a leader. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.